What's up, everybody? Celtics peeps out there. Cattles on Causeway, episode number one, the Kyrie Irving dilemma. We'll get into that in a couple of minutes. First of all, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud, Cattles on Causeway. You can also follow us on Twitter at Causeway Podcast. I am your host, Nick Cattles. Worked at 98.5, the sports hub, for several years. Now working for ESPN locally down here in Virginia, 94.1 FM. Nationally on Sunday mornings from 7 a.m. until 9 a.m. Best week ever with Peter Burns. You can hear that uh, really at any affiliate across the country on ESPN Radio. And I wanted to start off with this Celtics podcast with, I think, one of the most interesting, compelling, important decisions that this team has on its plate in a long time, and that is Kyrie Irving. And when I look at the timeline, because before we get to what we think is going to happen, I believe we have to look to the past. And you look to the past to try to figure out how we came to this point. And now we sit around and we read everything and we listen to everything and we watch everything and everyone is trying to sell us on the idea that Kyrie is going to New York, right? That's a fait accompli. It's going to happen. He will be a New York Nick with Kevin Durant. That's what people are saying. But before we get into whether or not that will happen, should happen, could happen, I want to take a look at the timeline because I think it's very important to figure out what in the world was going on with Kyrie Irving this year. It was a rocky road all the way up until January. It was not the easiest season up until that point. There were a lot of expectations on this team. A lot of people thought that the Celtics were going to be the number one Eastern Conference seed overall, right? And that they were going to march their way to the finals. As we know, today, that didn't end up happening. Instead, we've got the Raptors versus the Warriors. The Celtics go home after losing to the Bucks in five. So what happened? What led to that? Well, I take you back to January 12th. January 12th is when things seem to start really falling off the cliff. And that is the night that Gordon Hayward was yelled at by Kyrie Irving on the floor. If you remember, final seconds of a game, and Kyrie wanted the basketball on the inbound. It doesn't get to Kyrie. Uh, Instead, it gets to Jason Tatum. Tatum misses the shot. Irving is giving it to Hayward, and he's not happy. And he had a couple of things to say after the game. And it seemed like he was not only mad at Hayward, he was mad at Coach Stevens. And he was pretty much mad about everything. And that really felt like the issues that were bubbling under the surface that would crop up every once in a while uh, early on in the season from October through December, those issues really boiled over on January 12th. And at that time, I feel... Many people looked at Kyrie in Boston and started to wonder whether or not this was going to work. You then fast forward to February 1st. And on February 1st, of course, right around this time, Anthony Davis, he's being bandied about by the media. Uh, He might end up going to L.A. Rich Paul, LeBron James, everyone else in L.A., they want Anthony Davis. They're going back and forth with proposals to New Orleans, trying to get Davis to L.A. And at that time... Things started to be uh, said about about the Celtics, and people were trying to talk about Anthony Davis going to all sorts of different teams and not just L.A., and inevitably, the Celtics would come up. And when the Celtics would come up, the narrative at that time, and it is still somewhat the same right now, was that if Kyrie Irving wasn't going to stay in Boston, then Davis did not want to go to Boston. So Kyrie, all of a sudden, was thrown into the middle of the Anthony Davis storyline, 
and uh, he wasn't too pleased. Celtics in New York, February 1st, this happened. I mean, well, at the end of the day, I'm going to do what I feel is best for my career. And, um, you know, that's just where it stands. And my focus this season is winning the championship with the Boston Celtics. Um, you know, obviously, we had goals coming into the season, and primary goal is to win the championship. So that's where my focus is. Has your mindset shifted, though, in regards to re-signing uh, with Boston, like the announcement? Ask me July 1st. And that was pretty much it. Ask me July 1st, right? And that Ask Me July 1st became a headline. And when I was listening to that, and I was listening to that back in February, and when I listened to that last night, getting ready for this podcast, the first podcast, Cattles on Causeway, check it out on SoundCloud as you listen right now. You can check us out on Twitter as well at Causeway Podcast. Nick Cattles with you. As I was listening back to that sound, I feel right now the same way I felt in February. I didn't feel like Kyrie was making a statement as far as the Celtics and how he felt with the team. I felt like Kyrie was upset. He was somewhat disgusted at the media, running with the Anthony Davis story, throwing him into the middle of it, and he was trying to figure out his own way in Boston, trying to figure out the team at that point. To me, when you listen to that, that is an irritated, that is a somewhat exhausted Kyrie not wanting to deal with this stuff. Now, he did say some things and do some things that obviously led to some of the questions as well, but if that Davis talk doesn't happen, if those Davis stories don't get floated out there, I don't think we ever have the ask me July 1st moment in history with Kyrie and the Celtics. That was my read then. That is my read now. I thought he was just fed up with the media. Okay, So you move on from that. And the team is kind of crumbling a little bit. They're, they're very inconsistent. Early March, you have the plane ride that supposedly was going to bring cohesion. Irving was the DJ on the flight. All these feel-good stories. The Celtics go on a run. And yet a good end to the regular season. Things are looking up. The only game they lost in the last seven or so was when Kyrie and Horford were out. I think it was against Brooklyn on a Saturday night. So they end the regular season strong. They move on and they sweep Indiana. And you start to feel, hey, maybe there's some momentum. You get through game one of that Milwaukee series. They blow out Milwaukee in Milwaukee, and then everything fell apart. And they get swept four straight games. They lose in five against the Bucks, and now we're left with this. I don't think, as much as everyone has talked about this, especially in the national media, I don't think anyone knows with 100% certainty where Kyrie Irving is going to go. When we ask Kyrie on July 1st where he's going, I don't even know if Kyrie, as of right now, knows that answer. Now, he might be leaning one way or the other. He might be leaning towards the Knicks. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's made up his mind. And from what I know about Kyrie Irving, talking to several people that have followed him throughout his career, uh, talking to people that have followed him during his Boston tenure the last couple of years, he's a different cat. He's a unique guy. And I don't know if, if he's the kind of person who makes his decision this early on and stands by it and says, this is what I'm going to do. He's an emotional guy at times. And I think he tends to uh, deep think, uh, think deeply about certain things and this is going to be one of them. So I'm not sure that he has his mind made up, uh, whether it's a yes or a no on Boston. But what I think, what I think should happen is that first and foremost, the Celtics should try to keep Kyrie. 
And I know some of you might freak out listening to Cattles on Causeway for the first time in this debut episode talking about the Kyrie Irving dilemma. I know you might go on Twitter at Causeway Podcast and attack me and just at me throughout the rest of the year about this. But listen, if you keep Kyrie, let's understand something. It's going to be a different team. The team that you saw this last year is not going to be the team that you see in 2019-2020. And I think that is a major reason why Kyrie had a lot of the issues that he had. Is he a great leader? No, he's not. Is he possibly a Robin and not a Batman, which we found out in that Milwaukee series? Yeah, I think so. But if you uh, construct this team around Irving differently, and you put veterans around him, and you don't have young guys who are fighting for their own, right? If you build this team differently around Irving, you're going to have a completely different look and maybe just maybe nothing is 100% but maybe just maybe you get a different Kyrie because if you keep Kyrie Irving the Celtics will go all in they will go all in on Anthony Davis there is no doubt about that so you have Anthony Davis let's say they go all in they trade Jason Tatum they trade Jalen Brown they bring in Davis Terry Rozier is gone. Gordon Hayward is a healthier Hayward. That's a different team. That is a much different team that plays differently. You know, Kyrie not working with this iteration of the Celtics does not mean that he can't work with a different Celtics team. And if I'm Ainge and I'm Stevens and I'm Wick Grosbeck, I'm sitting down with Kyrie Irving. Whenever he gets back from this vacation he's on, I'm sitting his ass down, and we're talking about the future. And my number one message to Irving, the first thing I tell Irving, wasn't a good season. You're disappointed. We're disappointed. We realize some of the things that we did wrong. Kyrie, we want you back in Boston. We want you here for the long term. We want your number retired in the rafters. And we understand that we have to do several things during this summer to make things better. And that is our mission statement to you. That's what we want to accomplish. We want to surround you with the right kind of team, the right kind of player, and especially we want to surround you with some veteran help as well. That's what you sell Kyrie on. And the first step in that process is bringing his friend Anthony Davis to Boston. Now, you do that. That's step one. The next thing you talk about is the drama. Nick, how can you bring back Kyrie when the fan base doesn't like him for the most part, right? That people are so upset with Kyrie. How can you bring him back when so many things have been done and said? Well, first of all, a lot of the things that happened with this team, it's not going to matter. The the stuff that happened with Terry Rozier and Kyrie and and Rozier having an issue with his minutes and, and blah, 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 blah. That's not going to happen. Rozier's gone, right? The battle of of Jason Tatum trying to develop into that true number one guy and and learning his shots and and where to get his shots from and and all those issues that played out on the floor when he was uncomfortable at times with Kyrie, that's now gone because Tatum is a New Orleans Pelican. The issue that Jalen Brown had early on in the season, that's gone. So once you change the construct of this team around Kyrie, I, I think you eliminate some of the other things that are going to be bothering Kyrie. So you hope that the drama surrounding Kyrie gets lessened by some of the moves, and you also think that the drama surrounding Kyrie's decision is gone because if Kyrie says yes to an extension from the Celtics, we no longer care about his future. 
We're not worried about where is Kyrie going to go in 2022. If he signs the contract and he commits to the Celtics, then all of these questions that he's dealt with, all of the headaches, all of the drama, the the exhaustion, what you heard, ask me July 1st. He doesn't have to worry about those questions anymore. He doesn't have to worry about writers and, and talking heads on television pontificating about his future and wondering where he's going to go. He can end all of that by signing an extension at the max level and just move on with his life, drama-free. He'll have a head coach in Brad Stevens that would have learned what works and what does not work for Kyrie. You know, Stevens came out after the Bucks game five and said that he did a bad job, and he did. He wasn't nearly good enough. But sometimes when you face a challenge for the first time, you learn while you're on the job and you eventually adapt and get better from that. That's what we'll see from Stevens. He never had a star-laden team. He never had a roster that was stacked. He was always a coach that got the most out of the least. And then this year, he was thrown a whole different challenge. He didn't adjust to it well. He didn't do a great job. And he was the first guy to admit that. So I think you will have a better Stevens who would have learned from what worked and didn't work with Kyrie, and then they move forward. They have that come-to-Jesus meeting before Kyrie says yes to an extension. Stevens and Irving, they throw everything out there on the table, and that is something that needs to be done along with the trimming of the roster and, and really formulating things around Kyrie. You get Stevens and Irving on the same page, and you move forward. You move forward. And when you make the big decision with Davis, then all you've got to do is add. You add some veterans who clearly know their role. You add guys that don't have a problem coming off the bench. You add guys that are not worried about getting their next gigantic contract. You add a bunch of veterans that have one sole purpose, to win a championship. And if you keep Kyrie Irving, and you have you know Kyrie and let's say Marcus Smart stays because the Celtics trade both uh, Brown and Tatum, and you know they do something with Aaron Baines' contract, and they do some filler as well with the Abu If you've got Kyrie and, and Marcus Smart, even if you keep Jalen Brown, you got Kyrie and Brown, and then Hayward, Horford, and Davis as the front line, that's a championship contender with a veteran bench in the Eastern Conference. So... My number one option is to keep Kyrie. What if that doesn't happen? What if Kyrie sits down with the Celtics during that come-to-Jesus meeting and he looks Danny Ainge in the face and he says, Danny, I appreciate you bringing me here to Boston. I wanted things to go differently, but uh, unfortunately that's not what happened. I'm on my way to New York. I'm going to go to the Knicks. If that's what happens, what does the Cattles on Causeway podcast say the Celtics should do? Follow us on Twitter at Causeway Podcast. Subscribe on SoundCloud, episode number one here, the Kyrie Irving dilemma. What should the Celtics do? They should still deal for Anthony Davis. Yeah, I said it. They should still deal for Anthony Davis. And I think that's what Ainge will do. Whether or not Kyrie Irving is a part of this team's future Ainge is going to go full bore after Davis. I take you back to May 2014. Ainge was on Toucher and Rich, 98.5 The Sports uh, morning, morning Program, uh, and he was on that show, and he was talking to Toucher and Rich about that offseason. The Celtics had just landed the sixth pick in the draft, which ended up being Marcus Smart. Uh, and Ainge had told Toucher and Rich, he was asked the question whether or not he would go after somebody if that somebody had one year left on his contract and would not commit to the team 
beyond that year. At the time, in May of 2014, Toucher and Rich were talking about Kevin Love. That was the summer of love. That's when Love showed up at Fenway Park. That's when he was drinking a beer at Cask and Flagon. That's when the pictures of him and uh, Rajon Rondo shaking hands in the suite. That's when that all surfaced. And the story at that, at that time was that Kevin Love's agent was working to get Kevin Love to Boston. And he had brought Love to Boston so he could get a feel for the city and get an idea as to what Boston would bring to Kevin Love's table, right? As we know, what ended up happening was the Cavaliers end up with the number one pick. That allows them to trade for uh, you know Love using Andrew Wiggins as the main piece, the centerpiece of that trade after LeBron makes his decision to come back to the Cavs, and that ended everything. But when Toucher and Rich, when TNR spoke with Ainge in May of 2014, Ainge said yes, he would absolutely contemplate bringing somebody in. And sometimes the risk is the risk. So Ainge is already on record telling us that if there is a star player on the market with one year left on the contract and that player is not going to commit to the Celtics, Ainge is already on the record saying that he would still deal for that guy. He would still pull the trigger because talent trumps all. And if you're willing to make that move for Kevin freaking Love, who I liked back then, if you're willing to make that move for Kevin Love, you are absolutely, no doubt, 100% going to make that move for Anthony Davis. Kevin Love at the time was a top 20 player in the league. Anthony Davis is a top 5 player, and some would argue he could be the best player in the league if he stayed healthy. So if Ainge is making that deal for Kevin Love back in 2014, he's making that deal the summer of 2019 for Anthony Davis. So what do you do after that? You make the deal for Davis. What happens? Well, if you're going to make the deal for Davis and Kyrie is going to walk, I would not, I would absolutely not deal both Tatum and Brown for Davis. Because if Davis does walk, what are you left with, right? I would try to deal Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart and some other pieces, draft picks. I would make that deal. David Griffin is on record saying he'd be looking for a young guy with star potential. That would be Tatum. He's looking for an elite veteran role player who's all about winning. That would be smart. And he's looking for draft picks. The Celtics have a bunch of those. I would put that package together and deal for Davis. And if you do that, I would then go out and sign Patrick Beverly as a free agent. And your lineup is Patrick Beverly, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, Al Horford, Anthony Davis. That, to me, with Hayward being healthier, which I believe is going to happen, that, to me, is a contending team in the East. Beverly, Brown, Hayward, Horford, Davis, that is a contending team in the Eastern Conference. Now, you need Hayward to be Hayward. Don't get me wrong. If Hayward looks like 2018-19 Hayward, that team is not a contender. If Hayward looks like a top 25 player, if he gets back to at least 85-90% of what he was, then you feel much better, much, much better about that team. So you need Hayward to be Hayward, and you need Davis to accept being the guy. The biggest risk, obviously, is Davis doesn't stay. But, you know, what's the future look like at that point? Who knows? Who knows? So here's what I would say. The Kyrie Irving dilemma here on the Cattles on Causeway podcast, episode one. Uh, Again, you can listen here on SoundCloud as you're doing. Subscribe to us if you like what you're hearing. You can also follow us on Twitter at Causeway Podcast. 
Here's, here's what I would say overall to wrap this one up and put a bow on it. Number one option, if you have, if you have three ways that this can go this offseason, number one priority to me is to keep Kyrie Irving, deal for Anthony Davis. You've got the talent on that team, right? You've got two guys who are considered top 10 to 15 players, depending on how you feel about Kyrie. You've got the different roster construction around Kyrie and Davis, which will lend itself, I think, to better basketball. Egos not battling in the locker room as much as we saw this year. And Davis buys in. That team is super dangerous. Super dangerous. Not only for 2019-20, but for the next four or five years. I mean, when you look at the age of that team, it's pretty nuts, right? I mean, Kyrie just turned 27 years old. He's not old. He's walking into his prime. Anthony Davis just turned 26. He's walking into his prime. And Gordon Hayward, he's 29. All three of those guys, by the way, born in March, which is kind of funny, but you've got, you know, 27, 26, 29. That's a nucleus. That's a nucleus that can help you win a championship, not just this coming season, but again, the next four or five seasons. So option number one, keep Kyrie, deal for Davis. That's what I would do. Option number two, if Kyrie says he's going to walk, I would still go after Davis, uh, but I would not deal Tatum and Brown. I'd be okay with dealing one of those guys along with Smart and draft picks. I'm not dealing both. I'm just not doing that. And I would tell New Orleans, listen, we need a commitment from Davis before we give up both guys in Brown and Tatum. You know, if we don't get that commitment, you get to choose one. Choose wisely. Here's the third option. Bradley Beal. If you're not able to keep Kyrie and bring Davis in, if Kyrie walks and New Orleans stands hard with the Tatum and Brown line, then you move on. And what I would do is I would target Bradley Beal. And if you can't get Bradley Beal, because I think he's a perfect fit for Brad's system, if you can't get Beal via a trade, then you build around the youth. Hayward's got a player option after the 19-2020 season, so you figure it out then, right? You you have him play this this last year coming up, and then he makes his decision. So that's it. I mean, I, I think you've got three choices. If I'm if I'm Ainge, and everything everything will will branch off of these decisions, right? You keep Kyrie, you go after Davis, boom, done. Kyrie walks, you go after Davis. If New Orleans wants Tatum and Brown, you walk away. Then you go to Washington, you try to deal for Bradley Beal. If you can't get Beal, then you look around the rest of the league. Maybe somebody like a Carl Anthony Towns is available. I don't think so. But maybe you look around for a younger player on, on a contract for the next couple of years and make that deal. Uh, if you can't make that happen, then you've, you're really left with the one option, and that is to build around your youth, go out there and get some veteran leadership, and hope that that team grows and develops together and makes you a contender. But what I would say is Celtics fans that are hating on Kyrie, listen, I get it. He disappointed me like he disappointed you. And, you know, I was as angry as everyone else out there. But you pull yourself away from 
the drama and all the all the crap and the emotion from losing to the Bucks, and you look at the big picture. And if this team is different, if this roster is different, then I think Kyrie has a good chance of being different himself. Cattles on Causeway, episode one in the books, the Kyrie Irving dilemma. Again, uh, like us here on SoundCloud and, and subscribe, and we'll keep pumping these uh, podcasts out. You can also follow us on Twitter at Causeway Podcast. Nick Cattles, executive producer, Kyle Hightower. Uh, I plan on coming back in episode two. Uh, we will look at Anthony Davis. We will look at what he brings, uh, why the Celtics should go after him, what they should be willing to deal, and, and all the possibilities of what that deal could look like. In the long-term ramifications of a move like that, we'll also have the latest rumors regarding Davis as well. Uh, we'll talk to you then in Episode 2, but this has been Episode 1, the Kyrie Irving Dilemma, the Cattles on Causeway podcast.